Hey everybody, quick correction here before we start this show. Keith and I recorded this about an hour before the news broke that Jamal Crawford was going to be joining the Brooklyn Nets and also it's looking like Michael Beasley as well. So there's a portion of the show where we talk about how boring the Brooklyn Nets are going to be to watch. Take everything we're saying there and just pretend, do it in your head, just flip it. Completely flip it around. We don't think that anymore. The Nets are going to be a ton of fun. Oh, they're still going to be terrible. Don't get me wrong. They will be bad, but they're going to be a blast to watch with Jamal Crawford out there. And it's sounding like super cool. Michael Beasley as well. So again, take what we're saying during that part and just kind of flip it around because we are now going to watch the hell out of the Brooklyn Nets. No question. All right, guys, enjoy. Welcome to the NBA front office show bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. Guys, as always, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We always appreciate it. As Keith is showing you right now, give us a five-star rating, five-star review. It helps grow the show. We would greatly appreciate that. If you're watching us on YouTube, chime in in the comments. Let me know your, let us know your thoughts on all the stuff we're going to talk about today. I'm thrilled. I'm Trevor Lane, by the way, but I'm thrilled that... The NBA is almost back. I'm counting down. We are so close to basketball. I know there's lots of scary stuff going on in the world still and some concerns in the NBA world. We'll talk a little bit about that kind of stuff. But um, basketball is almost back, so we're going to be breaking down a lot of things today. Joining me, as always, we've got Keith Smith. Uh, Keith, how are you doing, man? Doing good, man. Teams are here in Florida. I was talking to my old boss who is working at one of the team hotels and he said teams are flowing through and teams started getting here yesterday, more teams today. And then the last uh, group will check in tomorrow. Practices start uh, tomorrow as well uh, for those teams that have already been here for a couple of days. So it's going to gonna get going. Um, you know, we're, we're really close. I, I, there are concerns. You know, I am very confident this is going to start. You know, half the teams are already here. You know, more than half will be here by the end of the day. Um, finish. We'll see. I guess that's the best place I can put that. It's a, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. I'm hopeful. No, well, hopeful. I'm excited, and we'll go from there. You're you're a soccer guy like like me. You follow you know MLS and all that, and you've seen all the games that have been canceled with MLS. I mean, the one team at FC Dallas has already been sent home. Yeah. Um, what I mean, the NBA has got to be a little bit concerned about about that, right? Seeing what's going on there. Even though they're yeah, actually like, restarting in just a few hours here, MLS, but still. Yeah, it sounds like FC Dallas was sent home because they weren't following protocols, and the other oh. teams were complaining. That was one of the reports I read. Oh, I missed that. That they were not doing what they were supposed to do. So I think, you know, if anything, maybe that's a uh, warning shot across the mm-hmm. bow of like, hey, follow your stuff here. Now, the NBA was very specific. You break, you know, uh, you break the campus. It's two weeks. Yo, you're, yeah, you're, 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 which is essentially you're out, right? Because right. you're, you know, I mean, unless you're the 13th man on one of the best teams in the league, you know, you're, you're not going to do that. And I think, you know, it's funny. I was doing a radio appearance earlier today and talking with them. They said, is someone going to break? this and you know ruin a chance for a team and i said i don't think so i think these guys are every player i've talked to they're in the mindset of this is a business trip we're going there to win a title 
and they have too much respect for those veteran superstars on their teams to be the reason that they, you know, lost out on a championship, you know, whether it be just because they weren't there to play their role on the team or they, you know, God forbid, came back and got people sick. So, you know, hopefully, you know, this all goes, you know, according to plan and, you know, it goes. But, but yeah, we're we're uh, down to we know most of all who's coming uh, here to Florida for this restart. And that's where we're going to start today is just talking about uh, some of the roster moves, catching up kind of the spirit of our show here, uh, catching up on what's going on in the Brooklyn Nets. I, we're, we're a couple more guys down from uh, you having to fly in and join me, and we're going to be <laughs> suiting up in uh, black and white here because, man, just decimated. I can spot up in the corner. I can just, I can just stand over there. Just don't pass me the ball, but I can stand over there in the corner. No, no problem. Dude, I, don't I will know, take man, a minimum that's salary. two of us. That, that's all we can do because um, <laughs> I'm certainly not doing anything. But, yeah, uh, you know, I think since we last recorded, we knew Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving weren't playing. Nicholas Claxton, a little used rookie, is out due to a shoulder injury. But then DeAndre Jordan, coronavirus, he's out. Spencer Dinwiddie has coronavirus. He's out. Torian Prince has coronavirus. He's out. And Whistling Chandler uh, chose to sit it out anyway. So that is, uh, you know, several key players for the Nets. I don't, yeah, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I don't count Durant and Irving as part of that because they, they didn't play right. this year. So they're really not part of this go. thing. Yeah, exactly. We knew, but, you know, Dinwiddie, Prince, Chandler, and Jordan, that's uh, three starters and a key backup. And that's, you know, that, that's going to be tough. We know Justin Anderson was one of the names who was brought in. He, yeah. he was brought in to replace Chandler. Um, they can still add three more guys for Jordan, Dinwiddie, and Prince because they're all out due to um, uh, coronavirus right. reasons. So so that's I, I would expect they're going to do that. We're hearing rumors of Amir Johnson, uh, Lance Thomas. Lance Thomas was with the Nets in the preseason. Um, Amir Johnson is as plug-and-play a veteran big man as probably there exists on the free agent market. So, yeah, the Nets are going to do something, but their chances of making the playoffs took a blow. Now, they're six games up on Washington, but that part doesn't matter as much. It's more they got to finish more than four games up. Right. Now, Washington's not going to have Bradley Beal. He's another guy who, you know, since yeah. last year, he's joining Davis Bertans. But I think if you look at their two rosters, I like Washington's more of the guys who are going to play by a pretty significant margin um, just because they actually have some, you know, veterans. And that's not yeah, – I mean, I like Chris Karras LeVert. I like Joe Harris. I like Jared Allen. Right. But, you know, Washington has Thomas Bryan, Ish Smith, uh, Rui Hachimura. So, yeah, I, I think I think the team really benefits here is Orlando. Like they're good now. They're yeah, they're they're set. Get in, you know, and probably move up to seven because um, they're only a half game behind Brooklyn. But I think we might see that play in that nobody wants between the Wizards and the Nets. Well, here's my here's my thought though, Keith, <clears throat> um, and I, I don't have the the schedule in front of me, so I don't know if they play each other. But they otherwise, do. who who are they going to beat if they're not playing each other? You look the the easier teams in the league, like you know the Knicks and the Hawks, who we're going to talk about later. The weaker teams, they're not there. So who yeah. are they picking up wins against to, to move up? That's where I think we could see the standings there at the bottom stay stagnant because they're not beating anybody unless they're playing each other. No, that's a great point. It's going to be you know tough for them, but it's when I just look at it, all Washington has to do is make up two games. That's I mean, Brooklyn, I would say they're probably 0-8. You know, mm-hmm. Maybe the Wizards can go 2-6 and six and force that play-in. So, you know, it's their game now is going to be really kind of highly interesting to see, um, you know, because probably whoever wins that has a huge leg up on uh, get getting into the eight seed. So it's going to be interesting to see. But can't, can't you imagine, though, 
they force this play instead of the far more interesting one that everybody wants right. in the Western Conference. The one we get is Washington and Brooklyn, and it oh, goes man. both games, and everybody's like, "Why? Why are we doing this?" You know, just for the right to get mauled by the Bucks in the first round. Oh yeah, look, if if it was Washington and Brooklyn, and it was Kevin Durant and Kyrie and Bradley Beal, like, hey, sign me up. But as is, right. no, thank you. And that's the other the other angle of this. Does Washington even want to force a play in? Right? Like, do they? Yeah. Is that something, or would they rather be like, hey, all right, we did our thing, we're out, we're going home? You know what's super interesting with Brooklyn, um, and I promise, because everybody's like, I'm shutting this episode off, I don't want to talk this, <laughs> we listen to this much talk about these two teams. Uh, probably last thing on this, Brooklyn is, um, if they miss the playoffs, they keep their draft pick. So that's a uh, oh, you know, little maybe right. motivation there to say, you know, because this is already a really expensive team that doesn't have a lot of avenues to add talent. So, you know, you might want to have that draft pick either to use in the draft yourself or use, you know, in trade. So just Fire a little, you know, that's it. Tanking in the bubble, man. Yep. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, on to some, a couple of the other signings um, that I know we haven't talked about yet. A team that's not going, um, but we already did their offseason uh, kind of preview is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They signed Jordan Bell and Dean Wade mm-hmm. uh, to contracts for next year, uh, both um, uh, to contracts for the remainder of this year, then with some uh, money into next year. Wade was one of their two-way guys. He's somebody I know they really like quite a bit. Um, and then Jordan Bell, he's just, you know, why not? Right. Yeah. Good, good flyer. Um, now he can be around the team in the off season and you can bring him into training camp and go from there. So um, we talked all about the Cavs quite a bit. So if you're really interested, go back and listen to the Cavs because we're not going to spend a lot of time on Jordan Bell and Dean Wade here. Um, but just there um, we, we promise we'll talk every transaction. So that's what we're going to do. Um, the, the Denver Nuggets, we had P.J. Dozier. We knew they were going to sign him. Um, P.J. Dozier essentially got a fully guaranteed contract for next season. Um, it is just shy of that. And I really like that. You know, this is a kid who's worked really hard on a series of two-way contracts with the Thunder and then with the Celtics and now with the Nuggets and finally seems to have a home. He's a nice depth piece for the Nuggets in their backcourt. He's a bigger point guard type. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, and maybe they could have a similar career path to Dinwiddie, which would be huge for the Nuggets. And then to replace him, they signed Tyler Cook. Um, for the remainder of this season, Cook is a guy who's bounced around a little bit. Um, he's a rookie who's been uh, was on a ten day with the Cavs earlier this year. Uh, Houston Rockets, uh, Luke Richard and Bamute back in the NBA. Um, you know, and if there was a small ball four or five for the Rockets, he's it. Right, he's just another guy who could come in here, fits the no players taller than you know six foot seven or six foot eight. Um, but I like that pickup for Houston. What do you think about that one? Yeah. I mean, look, he, that is a, another, you know, bring me all your wing defenders. That's, that's what the Houston Rockets want. They want all the wing defenders so that they can throw all of them at LeBron, at Kawhi, at Paul George, at whoever they're going to run into. They want to have those options, especially if they're going to go small. It's really important that they have really solid defenders that they can put on those high scoring wing players. And, and that's what they got. So it makes a lot of sense. It fits in with the Rockets' scheme with what they're trying to do. And uh, I like it for them. Yeah, I do too. Now, he hasn't played all year, so let's see. And he was hurt the year before that, so, you know, I'm not going too much. But again, he's probably the ninth man in their rotation and this is a team that's probably only going to go eight guys deep so so i don't want to go too crazy but you know no. I, I like it and he's had success with them in the past no he's too. not a guy where you're just gonna you know he's not gonna start he's not gonna eat up the bulk of the minutes or anything yeah. like that but in a pinch you need somebody who can come in and at least has the physical profile to defend some of these tougher guys maybe you can do that yeah absolutely and you know uh, last thing you know i'll say on the rockets 
I'm very close to picking the Rockets to be the team that messes everything up in the West from the Lakers Clippers. I think they I'm, will. I'm just starting to feel them, man. I just they're gonna be they're gonna be uh, healthy and rested. Um, you know they're, they're weird. You know so you know and can't you envision even against the very best teams, Harden scores sixty in a game, mm-hmm. and wins it basically by himself. Westbrook wins a game by himself, and then they have a couple games where they hit a whole bunch of three pointers and win those, and all of a sudden they they pulled off and been upset. Like I just I I, I just I'm I'm feeling something about the Rockets going into this restart. They're the team that I'm most concerned about from like a Lakers perspective. They're the team sure. that I'm most concerned about meeting in, in the second round is just because they're weird. They're different than what everybody else does. And what happens is they bait you into to abandoning your own game plan because yeah. you look down in the post and you see, oh my gosh, you know, we've got whoever your center is, whether it's, you know, Dwight or Evita Zubats or whatever, right? Uh, we've got that guy in there and he's being guarded by a, a guy who's 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, let's, let's get him the ball and then you're completely going away from what your normal game plan would be because that's not really the way teams play a yeah. lot anymore. And, uh, and they do a good job of doubling in order to make that pass difficult. And then the next thing you know, they're flying down the floor and they're shooting threes the other way. It's tough to deal with. And so teams are going to have to adjust really quick to what Houston's doing out there. I think they're, they're absolutely a threat. And I think where they are in the standings, we could see them even move up a little bit. They are, they are the team that I've got my eye on probably more than anybody else in the West. Yeah, so you want them as a Lakers guy. You want them in the three or the six line. Oh yeah, I want them, right? I want so them to see the on the opposite but side I of the bracket. Have a feeling yeah. they're going to jump up. I just, I just think they will. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, speaking of the Lakers, right? Your your team. Um, <laughs> I know on the Lakers Nation channels, you've talked uh, the J.R. Smith signing here. Um, right. you know, but J.R. Smith's coming in. He's going to be the guy who takes Avery Bradley's place. We talked about what a big loss Avery Bradley is. Um, I think it's you know that really falls to Contavious Caldwell Pope and Alex Caruso to pick up the slack there for Bradley and to a lesser degree Rajon Rondo. Um, but you know for the Lakers. People are getting excited, and I don't know if it's because it's J.R. Smith, you know, there. But if J.R. Smith is playing meaningful minutes for the Lakers, I feel like that means something really went wrong. Yeah, I mean, look, people people will get excited over a new player coming in because shiny new toy, right? I mean, yeah, that's exactly. that's just the way. I mean, people are, are fired up about Dion Waiters, right? Like that's yeah. that's a thing right now. People are very excited about about Waiters, and that's not to say these guys can't play. And not to interrupt you, but yeah. I'm more excited about Waiters for them than I am J.R. Yes. Smith. No, I think I am Waiters too. could actually play a real role. I agree. I agree. I like what Waiters can bring. I like the way he can attack the basket. Um, the, yeah, look, I, I am more high on Dion Waiters than I am J.R. Smith. But realistically, if you're just – people look at it as Avery Bradley for J.R. Smith. That's not what – J.R. Smith is not coming into that role. He's coming Correct. in, maybe coming in off the bench into the second unit – 10, maybe 15 minutes a night tops. And that's if he earns that role, if he wins those minutes and just to space the floor. And he's already said that. He's said that yeah. in, a, in a recent interview, said all I'm trying to do, stand in the corner, space the floor, play good defense on the other end. That's it. Um, this isn't yeah. a guy who's you know jumping into the starting lineup or anything like it's He's not J.R. Smith six years ago. Six years ago. We don't have a DeLorean. J.R. Smith two years ago, yeah. you know, probably, you know, yeah, it's funny because I've seen some of that just start J.R. Smith, you know, and put him yeah, out there. No. He knows what it's like to play with LeBron. I just, you know, and to me, that's, uh, you know, and I've seen, unfortunately, attached some of that is, you know, Cobo Pope sucks, you know, and it's like he doesn't. He's had, no. you know, a fantastic he's year. He's shooting the best percentages of his career. Um, I actually did a piece for Yahoo Sports on, um, you know, to toot my own horn a little bit. I called him the Lakers X Factor. 
um, if they're going to go deep in this, it's because I think Caldwell Pope's going to play, you know, going to have to have played really well uh, for them. All right. So for much more in depth on J.R. Smith, you can check out Lakers Nation because I know there's quite a bit. I've got a few uh, videos on him at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next guy, Sindarius Thornwell, um, you know, a big big guard Mm -hmm. um, back in the league. He's joining up with the Pelicans. We don't know yet who he's replacing, though. Um, He is replacing someone who is out due to coronavirus, but the Pelicans have not said who um, to this point. So there is a lot of speculation through the Pelicans channels, (laughs) you know, who it might be. Yeah, it's not Zion. Um, You know, uh, the NBA would just cancel it. They would just cancel the the whole thing. If Zion wasn't there, they were done. We're not going to do it anymore. Never mind. Everybody go home. decided just the 16 playoff teams is the way to go. Yeah. Um, Minus the Nets, you know, um, you know, they can stay home too. Bucks get a bye. Um, You know, Thinking of the Bucks too, just to go back to that for a minute, man, they are going to have three weeks of camp, three scrimmages, eight seeding games, and four playoff games to find their rhythm. Like yep. no team's going to, you know, God for you really do not want to be, you know, that team that's getting Milwaukee in that uh, second round matchup, no. four or five, you know, probably Philly or Miami. They're going to coast for tough. a while. Um, we did not. This one came down right after we recorded our last show. The Knicks uh, claimed Theo Pinson, who the Nets had waived, right. to sign Tyler Johnson. And to do that, they let go of Alonzo Trier, who's a guy a lot of people are like, I want Alonzo Trier. The reason why nobody picked him up, he's not playoff eligible. You know, and, and they had actually made a ruling, would not have been eligible for even the eight seeding games as well because he had already been on a roster. So, so really, their teams will just wait. You know, there was no reason. I thought maybe one of the teams I was out of it, you know, yeah. Cleveland or Charlotte or somebody like that might, might you know, put in a claim or try to go get them. But the Knicks really soured on Trier, I think, realized very quickly that they had made a mistake in that signing and that he just wasn't what they had hoped he would be. So, you know, um, you know I, I assume he'll be back in the league at some point, but he's just not, you know, he's not what they wanted. Somebody uh, the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, somebody will definitely take a mm-hmm. chance, sure, because he can score. He has a guard who can put points on the board, so that's yeah. definitely something. Phoenix Suns added campaign, um, you know, a highly drafted player for the Thunder back in the day. Um, you know, they're going to bring him in a little extra guard depth there. It's funny the Suns went from having absolutely no point guards on the roster to now they've got a million, and other than Ricky Rubio, they all are kind of man. That's that's just it. You know? Like how many. <laughs> Good point guards yeah. they have. In fact, Keith, you and I spent some time in Las Vegas at Summer League, which actually popped up on my on my news feed today. Like like one year ago, you were in oh, you man. were in Vegas, and I'm like, sure. oh, that hurts. And <laughs> we don't get to do that anymore. But we spent some time in Vegas watching campaign, trying to get back into the into the yeah, NBA for the maps. Yeah, yeah. Hope, hopefully he sticks. But I'm you know I'm not I don't know I, I don't think that he's shown enough to continue to play at the NBA level. But you know what? I guess I can't write anybody off. Yeah, I think he was a guy who was probably going to get a 10-day late in the year, and I think that's what Phoenix is looking at this as akin to. It's like a 10-day. They had an open roster spot. I'm bringing him in. They did give him a team option, and it's a true team option, not a non-guarantee. So they gave him a team option for next season. So, you know, maybe, maybe they'll uh, you know bring him in. And then to close the book on the transactions um, that have happened, Jalen Adams is the substitute player for Trevor Ariza with the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Adams comes in as a little more point guard depth. Um, the Blazers don't have a ton of point guard depth behind Damian Lillard. The backup point is really kind of C.J. McCall. Mm-hmm. and then a little bit of Anthony Simons so um so that one's you know Adams comes in he's a guy who a lot of teams really like he's done really good work in the G League he's with the Bucks on a two-way last season um so he's going to come in there and, and replace um all these guys who are substitute players just the, the educational por- portion of the show um 
these guys do not come against the salary cap and the teams have no bird rights for them next season and they do not accrue a year of service um, for this. So it's really essentially what happens is these guys are going to sign, um, they're going to be there, and then as soon as the season ends, we're going to pretend that they were never even there on these mm-hmm. rosters. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But I think a guy like maybe Justin Anderson, maybe a Sandarius Thornwell, they're young enough that I think they can play their way into a role with maybe the Nets or the Pelicans next year, who are going to have some roster spots to fill. Um, so I think that's their hope as they come in is, you know, I can play and do some things here. And Justin Anderson, I mean, he might get 30 minutes a night yeah. the way things are going with the Nets by the time um, all is said and done. So, yeah, no, as for um, much better than that, if you're trying to get back into the league, getting that kind of opportunity, it's an extended tryout for him. But, you know, might as well give it a shot. Absolutely. Yep. So we talked about Bradley Beal is going to sit out. Yeah. Victor Oladipo, that was the other big name Ooh. that came down. Is going to be out for the Pacers, and that's that's such a blow for yeah. Indiana. But you know they were playing pretty good without him. But that was also when they had Jeremy Lamb, who's going to be out because he tore his ACL. So we know he's not going to be um, available to play. So you know I think that takes the Pacers from being maybe kind of a sneaky team to you know move up and do some things to. I don't know. I think now most people are probably counting them. They're Probably have them dropping in six. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're not on the level not gonna of stay you know, Milwaukee, Toronto, or Boston. Um, you know, I think, you know, Boston handled them pretty easily last year in the mm-hmm. playoffs with a very similar-ish type roster. So, you know, that, I think that would be the hope for the, the Celtics. Um, you know, if they meet them again, um, just doing a quick check. We talked Davos Avalosha is going to sit out for the Rockets. Not a huge loss. Right. Um, I don't think we've had any other big names. The one piece with the Celtics, one piece of Boston news, Gordon Hayward confirmed that he will leave the team uh, sometime in September because uh, his wife is going to give birth to their fourth child. Um, he'll probably be gone about a week because how it works is he'll have to go. Um, then he has to do four days because it will be an excused um, absence from the campus. So there's slightly different protocol versus if you just you know run off to go uh, – find companionship maybe um you know that's uh you know what a lot of the worries are right um, but yeah for hayward he um you know so he will leave when that's going to happen if you start looking at the calendar that's probably the second round or maybe the potential even the conference finals so that's that's a little bit tough and mm-hmm. you know i want to kind of put this out there if you're the people who have been like this guy already stole x money from the celtics because he got hurt and all that stuff right just stop. I was wondering like, if that was out there. That was what I was going to ask oh, you. Are people man, really complaining man. about him going to be there for the birth of his yeah. child? I'm sure there's people Absolute. that are. It's, it's ridiculous. Handful. Yeah, it's it's stupid. Just stop. You, you you don't look like you're smart or tough or anything. You look like an idiot. You know, so just not knock it off. There's, you know, he's doing the right thing. Um, You know, he has the full support of every organization. All of his teammates said that as well. So just, just stop. And hopefully, you know, he misses – you know, miss, if he misses a week, he probably misses three, four games. Um, you know, and hopefully it all times out right. It's it's a baby, so you know who knows. You know, when all that will come down, maybe maybe she comes early and it happens in the first round, and they can afford to miss him. But let's not forget this team got pretty good at playing without Gordon right. Hayward over the last you know few years. They, they've uh, you know done quite well, and they've got pretty good depth. So so I think you know while you would much rather have him because he's been excellent this season, you you you'll get through and understand if you don't. So. Um. Yeah. So I think that is it for the news cool. um, piece. Do you want to let, let's preview a couple off seasons? What do you yeah. Think? Let, let's talk about some world beaters here. Let's talk about some of the the tip top teams in the <laughs> league. The guys that are going to be contending for a championship, potential dynasties. 
Nah, we're we're working our way up from the Game bottom. Four or five. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Today we've got the Atlanta Hawks and the Minnesota Timberwolves that we're going to be talking about. Want to start? Uh, let's start with the East. Want to start with the Hawks? Right, let's let's talk it. a little bit yeah. about them. I'm going to start with this. Like Before we even get into the transactional stuff, because this has been bouncing around, should the Hawks be worried that Trey Young is now with, with Clutch Sports? I saw you know people <laughs> are already going, oh, he's going to be a Laker. I don't think that's happening, but... Uh, but should there be any concern that he's with Clutch? Like Clutch clients have historically got huge salaries. They, I mean, he's probably going to get maxed anyway, but they seem to be getting more than other other players have been. Why, why, why do I believe you say I don't think that's going to happen on this show, but later today when you record the Lakers Nation, be like, Trey Young, Trey Young's coming. Lakers, baby. Book it. You know, um, <laughs> right? Uh no, yeah, I mean, good for him, yeah. right? He, they're going to take care of him. They're going to get him paid. The reality is he was going to get paid anyway. Right. I mean, he's already, he's already, you know, potentially an all-NBA guy as a second-year player. He's, you know, one of the best he's, offensive he's guards in the entire league. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. So I, I don't know how much more this does for him now. Um, maybe on that next contract, mm-hmm. it could make a difference. Um, and I know the Lakers stuff is already floating out there. And, you know, maybe, you know, it would be, he could kind of be the right LeBron to AD. AD is the bridge to Trey Young. Trey Young is the next guy. I mean, but, but I don't now know. we're it's talking just, five years know. down the road, or you know, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Or you know, uh, you're trading out another massive trade package to get them from the Hawks because right. they have no reason to move them. Lakers don't really have that because of what everything they gave up for Anthony Davis. So I don't know. You know, it's that, that's all too much for me. But yeah, you know, it's funny with the Hawks. I was not. I was not one of those people who was the Hawks are going to be a playoff team this year. As so many people were, I just didn't see it. They were too young for, for me. And they did. I knew they weren't going to be, they were going to be atrocious defensively. They just don't have the defenders. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, I like the pieces, I guess right. is the, the best way I could put this. I loved the Clint Capella trade. Um, that was in a lot of ways. That was their big off season addition already. Um, they, they were trading for him. I like bringing in Dwayne Dedman. Um, now I think you've got 48 minutes of center play there. And, you know, and then if you go small with John Collins, you know, for any minutes there, you know, you're more than set with 48 minutes. So, so yeah, I, I love young. I think Kevin Herter's pretty good. I like the two rookies mm-hmm. Thought Cam Reddish maybe came further as a rookie than any player in the NBA from the start of his rookie year to the end. Um, he, he looked awful at the beginning of the year to the question of, is this guy even an NBA player too? By the end, he looked, you know, pretty good. It was really putting up solid minutes. So yeah, I like them. I like Bruno Fernando as a, you know, kind of fourth big, um, in the rotation potentially. So yeah, I really like their pieces. Um, you know, and on top of that, they've got, what am I projecting them for? Uh, they've got room. Where are we at? $47.7 million Mm. in cap space. And another, you know, good high draft pick coming in, uh, likely as well. So, yeah, they've got they've got the ability to do some stuff, and I think next year might be the year for the Hawks. Yeah, I was expecting, like, I wasn't expecting them to be like a playoff lock or anything, but I was expecting a little bit more from this Hawks team this year because, like you said, I like the pieces. I like what they've built here. I mean, they did the hard thing; they got a superstar, right? They got Trey Young, yep. and that's hard to do, right? But they, so they did that. They've got some good pieces around them. Hey, I mean, you've got John Collins, you've got Kevin Herter's a guy I like a lot. They traded up to get DeAndre Hunter. Like, it's not like that guy just fell into their laps and they said, oh, oh well, well, this is the next on the draft board. So I guess Did we'll I see Mikael Bridges? Uh, no, you didn't. I think I might have called him Mikael Bridges. Maybe. If I did, that was a 
terrible mistake. But it's yes, right. DeAndre Hunter, but, but you are right. But they've him. got him, right? And so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and yep. they, they on purpose, yep. went out to get him, obviously, with, with this goal in mind of having this long, versatile defender. You can see what the blueprint for this team is, but the question is, can they now do the second difficult thing and make the leap from being good young team to now playoff team? And that's, I think, what yep. we may see this next year. But uh, but what about this John Collins contract? What about that situation? Where do you see that going? Is he a guy that they are saying, this is the guy that we want to be the, the kind of second tier guy alongside Trey Young and we want to pay him as such long term? Or how is that going to play out? Yeah, this is where it gets really, really hard, and this is why you pay GM so mm-hmm. much money, is because John Collins, right now, they're, right, I just said, $47 million in cap space. Even if they roll a lot of that over into next year when it's going to be a much better free agent class, um, Collins eats into some of that. And then that's where it starts to get expensive. John Collins at $15 million? Love it. Right. John Collins at twenty to $30 million? I start to love it a lot less, you know, because he's just, he's not a very good defensive player. Um, He can really score. He, he's not a full on knockdown shooter, but he's getting better. Um, And I think that really helps. And he's an elite rebounder already. So I think, you know, that part is good. I, I, and I love his fit with, with Trey Young because he's a good role, man. He's as his jumper continues to develop, he becomes a good pick and pop guy. My guess is what happens is he gets overpaid, but not, all the way to a max. And then I think because of that, they're okay. I think that's um, important. I would love it a lot more if I felt comfortable that they could play him at the five um, and put a passable lineup on the court. I just, he just doesn't offer enough room protection to do that. Not when young is a guy who's still kind of a turn style um, on defense. So that, that part is you know a little bit tough, but, but yeah, you know, I like him quite a bit as far as free agents go. They don't have any key ones of their own. Um, you know, DeAndre Bembry, Damian Jones, Scalabissier, all restricted free agents. Wouldn't be surprised if none of them are back. Yeah. Um, Trevion Graham, uh, you know, veteran free agent, maybe comes back, but he's a minimum type guy. Vince Carter going to call it a career. Um, you know, great career. happy trails to Vince Carter, you know, great, great career, career for him. Um, the one free agent that I think could be back is maybe Jeff Teague. I think mm-hmm. he did some good things as Trey Young's backup. Okay. And I think you get him on a, if you could get him for, you know, 8 million. That's fine. You know, and I think the Hawks are in a position where, especially if it's for one year, you know, heck, you could pay them $10 million next year. It doesn't really yeah. matter because it's, it's just it's cap the years, space. not the money. Just, and you know, they've got plenty of cap. That's it. Yep. Yeah. So just, you know, if you need to overpay him, keep him and keep in. Because Young has been banged up on occasion, mm-hmm. too. You know, keep a you know quality point guard. I would do that. But, yeah, I, I like their, you know, main rotation. I think, you know, they've got a lot of guys who can play. My thing is looking at the free agents who are available – it starts to get a little tough to see who makes a right. ton of sense for them, especially if you're trying to lock in more than a year or two. Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to see him get another defensive-minded big, um, you know, that can play some of the four. Um, I'd like to see him get a wing that can really, you know, maybe go out and stop people. I would love Chris Dunn for this team. Yes. I think he'd be a really good fit um, with these guys because I think he could play, could allow them to play young off the ball some. Um, and then he can, you know, is a really good lockdown defender. And they've got the ability to throw a big offer sheet at him. But then that gets into that whole, how much do you want to pay Chris Don right. that the Bulls aren't going to match to, you know, make it a whole thing. So that's, that's just where it gets really tricky. But, yeah, you know, they're they're interesting to me. I just think, you know, 
I think they're a year away development wise internal for their young guys. And then I think they are, um, well, what I mentioned, they're, they're probably net, not this off season, but the next off season is probably the one where it's really like that's maybe they can get into being a playoff team, but before their team, you're even thinking about doing anything. Um, you know, that's probably one more free agency. away. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at with this. If I'm running the Hawks right now, I'm looking at free agency coming up in, I guess, October. And I'm saying, okay, I, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm very careful with the money that we've got. And that if there's some, some really good bargains out there, I'll look at that. But I want to be choosy because they have built in the opportunity to do that. You can wait until there's better free agents the following year. And if Trey Young continue, continues to cement his status as a superstar and you jump up and you make a playoff push, then you're going to be a lot more attractive to free agents anyway. So in the meantime, if yep. you can find a great bargain, okay. And if you can't, okay, maybe you use some of that cap room in order to bring in some more assets. You take on a bad salary or something like that and you bring in something else. I'm in no hurry if I'm the Hawks to go out there and make a big splash right now. I think they've done a good job. Now yeah. it's important that they be patient. Yeah, I mean, if you could reasonably, if you thought you could uh, throw, you know, back when um, Jalen Brown, Demonis Sabonis, before they had signed mm -hmm. their extensions, those would have been guys who I think would have made a lot of sense. Right. If you could, you know, you could throw a max offer sheet at Brandon Ingram, doesn't matter. The Pelicans are going to match it. So that part, you know, doesn't matter. So, yeah, there just isn't anybody out there where it's like, yeah, that's the guy. You know, that's the guy. You know, yeah, if you could steal Chris Dunn, but anything reasonable, the Bulls are probably matching. So that gets a little a little trickier there. That's why I think getting Capella when they did um, made sense. I like that far more than I liked the whole idea of them overpaying Andre Drummond yeah. as a free agent or trading for Drummond and then overpaying him. After that, Capella is $16 million next season, 17.1, and then 18.2. Yeah, all day long. No issue with those uh, numbers. And then you get Deadman at 13.3 uh, next year. And then the year after that is 13.3, but it's only a million guaranteed. Which is you great. Know, so like I said, that's, yeah, right? Those are, you know, you're paying $29 million to two guys who can give you combined 48 good center minutes. So I think that is, you know, really, really important, um, you know, for this team because you do need somebody who can be back there kind of anchoring that back line. And I think both of them have the ability to do that to some extent. Yeah, so really when they hit free agency, they've already done their free agent shopping because they got Capella. Now they're just playing with house money and you can do a few little things here That's and it. there. And if you find something that is a home run for you, you do it. And if not, yep. you wait and you, and you roll your cap over and you wait until you are a better free agent yep. destination. Um, yeah, and I would be eating bad deals mm -hmm, left and right, sure. especially if teams are trying to dodge the tax or anything like that. I'd, you know, yeah, I'll take on that guy. I'll take on that guy, especially if they're guys who can kind of play. Yeah. You know, why That's not? It's always nice right? to, you, to you, sign you, a basketball yeah, player who can kind of well, play. Yeah, you would hope. <laughs> right. But, you know, but, but for them, right, you've got a couple of rotation spots to fill. Well, why yeah. not? You know, snag somebody there. For sure. And you yeah. never know. Maybe you take on a player that winds up contributing more than, than you thought. You find a diamond in the rough. You accept a bad salary yeah. that then winds up being a positive asset. Like, that can yeah. that can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, should we talk Timberwolves? Yep. Let's talk Timberwolves. I, I'm rocking a pair of Timberwolves shorts right oh. now. The blue and, uh, and uh, bright green ones. So, I wanted to get the pink, the Prince oh, ones, yeah. but they, they didn't. You couldn't, couldn't find any of those, the purple, pink, uh, black ones. But, you know, that's got nothing to do with anything. Let's talk about the Timberwolves offseason. <laughs> so the, the Timberwolves, um, you know, shorts aside and everything, the, the Timberwolves are, I, I mean, they basically decided that D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns are going to be our guys. 
And I think a lot of that is their friends. And so this is keeping Carl Anthony Towns happy. Um, is that you're, you're bringing in D'Angelo Russell? Maybe someday they bring in that third Musketeer, and they've got and they bring in Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. Maybe, yep. <laughs> maybe that's a, a maybe. goal of theirs. But they're in an interest, interesting situation. Uh, Jarrett Culver is a guy who I thought might pop a little bit more this year. He had some opportunities, but never, never really showed what I, I thought he would on the on the floor. So we'll see what they what they do with him. Um, they don't have nearly as much cap space built up, but this is another team that nope. I thought was I thought was going to be better than they ended up being. You know, I thought this team had a little bit more punch to it, and then it just kind of it just kind of fell apart. and And I hope that things click because a year, two years down the road, like I'm wondering if at some point Carl Anthony Towns is going to get sick of it. And I think that's part of it. You know, bringing in D'Angelo Russell is yep. let's keep. Towns happy so a year from now two years from now it doesn't become hey we're still not winning send me somewhere else yeah and let's be certain about this Carl Anthony Towns even with his uh, struggles occasional Mm -hmm. lack of interest on the defensive end is still one of the best young big men in the entire NBA no very few guys can match what he can do offensively as a player he's you know just absolutely dominant he's one of the better shootings big shooting bigs in the league too. I don't think he gets enough credit for just how good he can, you know, step out and make jumpers. So yeah, Russell again, kind of like we talked about Capella with the Hawks, Russell was their off season move. Yeah. You, you made it now and it cleared Wiggins off the books. So, you know, you got that little bit of an added benefit there. You kind of swapped things, but, but it's a little bit of a better fit. It's a point guard, you know, versus a wing. Um, you know, you've got wings that you're hoping in Culver and Josh Koji, um, that'll develop for you. You're, you're hoping those guys will be, you know, something down the line. Um, but I think the interesting spot with the Wolves is their two restricted yes. free agents, Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez. Yeah, Beasley is um played awesome with Minnesota. Um, you know, really filled it up as a scorer, you know, did some things as a playmaker, you know, competed defensively, still wasn't very good on the defensive end, but you know, I think he's real good. I think Hernan Gomez is potentially a pretty good fit at the four. Um, alongside Towns, I, I think he's a guy who can do just enough stuff um, as a power forward that he can, uh, you know, hold his own defensively and then stretch the floor a little bit, maybe even, uh, you know, do a little bit as a you know ball mover. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know what it's going to take to retain those two guys. But I think if you're Minnesota, you love having their match rates. And, and I think you like that Atlanta is stocked with wings, so maybe they don't chase Beasley. And then, you know, unless it's a team like the Knicks throw a, you know, really unexpected giant offer sheet at them, I think you feel pretty good that, you know, a team like Memphis, who could have been angling to have a ton of cap space where Beasley might have fit in really well, I think you feel pretty happy that that's no longer really a thing you got to worry yeah, about. Yeah, there's, there's just not a whole lot of landing spots for these guys. And so that helps put Minnesota in a better bargaining position in terms of getting these guys on a good deal. Um, I, I like Malik Beasley. I thought he was, he was good in, in Denver and obviously did some great things uh, in Minnesota. Hopefully he's a guy they can hang on to. And you're right. Hernan Gomez is the kind of floor spacer that can open things up a little bit inside for, for towns. I, I like that, that combo as well. Um, but what's, what's the path forward here? That's what I'm having trouble seeing. You've got Carl Anthony towns, you've got D'Angelo Russell, but you don't have enough. What, how does this yeah. team go from what they've got now to, okay, now we're a playoff contender? Like, the Hawks have room. The Hawks can grow. The Hawks can go after guys. They've got flexibility. The Wolves feel a little, not totally, but a little bit stuck to me. 
Yeah, when the Wolves went in, you know, a couple, you know, years ago to get Jimmy Butler, and that worked out, got him back to the playoffs after I think it was 13 mm-hmm. years of not going to the playoffs. Um, it it was it was huge for them. But then when that really went sideways and Butler didn't want to be there, they just did it's it's tough to rip them, but they didn't get enough back because now they have nothing. Yeah. Everything they got back is gone. Sarich is gone. Uh, Robert Covington is gone. The pick is gone. So that's where it was really like, man, like, you know, now you really hit the reset. Um, Wiggins never became the guy you yeah. wanted him to be. You know, it's funny. I was I wrote for um, Real GM. I wrote a preview of the Golden State Warriors offseason. And I wrote about how no one would really ever call Wiggins a good player, but no one's going to call him a bad player either. And you just can go long stretches of games and just you don't even know he's out right. there. And it's like, that's not a guy you can be paying $30 million a year to. Like, that's just, it, it can't happen. That's just it, right? It's, um, all, really, it's all it's all contract, right? A guy like, like Wiggins, people yeah. will, will just burn Wiggins up and down like and just just go after him uh, I'm seeing it like crazy yeah. online you know whether it's real GM or, or on Twitter or wherever people are just oh this contract yeah. is awful you know the Warriors should give up their first round pick just to move him off the books and, and all this kind of stuff he's not a terrible basketball player he can do things for you on the court you just don't want to pay 30 million for those things if he's at 8 million yeah. sure teams would, would be happy to have yeah. him right like this is a guy who can do things for you but it just didn't work with the Wolves and him no, we already did the Warriors yeah. show, but you know Wiggins is gonna. We're gonna find out if he can play and be the best version he can be. It's gonna happen in the next year yeah. or two with Golden State. And who cares for them? They don't care how much he makes because whatever, right? That doesn't really, you know, it's just money there, you know. So, so yeah, it's. But you know, back to the Wolves. Yeah, you asked what's the way forward. Russell and Towns are awesome. Yeah, right. That's your hope that they form a dominant all-star duo. Um, and then you start to identify the right pieces around him. Beasley, Hernan Gomez, mm-hmm. maybe Culver becomes, you know, that kind of uh, secondary playmaker alongside Russell, where Russell's kind of best moments were next to Spencer Dinwiddie, where he could play a little bit off the ball too. Um, so I think you're hoping Culver can pick that up. Cause there's some people who felt like, yeah, he might maybe be kind of a point guard ish kind of player there right. um you know maybe a koji becomes a wing stopper maybe james johnson rediscovers you know whatever it was in a contract year for him uh this season and that you know allows you to kind of push up problem is it's the west so you know, you've got a long way to go mm-hmm. before you're going to be competitive you know with with teams and you know the teams at the bottom they're just they're you know memphis new orleans portland those teams that are fighting their spurs they're going to be there forever those teams are already good you know, not in the Kings, the Kings are playing well. So I just, I don't know how you get, you know, climb that ladder. I do start to wonder, is your hope, um, pay Beasley a good chunk, yeah. you know, 15 to 20 million a year, um, pay Hernan Gomez. And then you start to look at, all right, well, we've got these extra picks. We've got all this stuff. Maybe we can put these things together and we can send those guys to Phoenix for Booker. Mm. Um, you know, because we know Booker, Russell, and Towns want to play together. Yeah, they've oh, talked yeah. openly about it. You know, ever since they were all coming in the league, they've talked about it. So I do wonder if that is, you know, kind of the hope. There is, you know, all right, well, we're going to put some stuff together and we can make it enticing enough. And that could be, you know, they made the trade with Minnesota at the draft or with Phoenix at the draft where they traded away Sarch and they mm-hmm. moved up and Phoenix moved back. 
sometimes those things are to set the groundwork for building that relationship to make a deal down the line. So you're not saying that's going to be what happens, but maybe that's the direction they go. But yeah, there's just not a lot there, you know, that you love. I like the pieces, but I like the pieces to be a 35 win team at most in the Western yeah. conference. And that's clearly not going to be enough. Yeah, exactly. That That's just, and that's my thing. I don't see the path for them to making that next leap. Unless I'll tell you what, unless Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell commit themselves to defense. They're not known for their defense on, on either side, but both of them have the physical profiles to become good defenders, and that can have a trickle-down effect, and the team can improve their defensive capabilities overall across the board. Maybe, maybe this squad can squeak in, but at, at this point, this is a Towns and Russell team, and they're going to have to lead the way. So if they are going to somehow claw their way into the playoffs or at least into playoff contention, it's going to be on their, their two stars – Right in, in Russell and and Towns and I guess you know yeah. Towns is is closer to being a star than than D'Angelo Russell is at this point, but it's on them to get it done. I don't think there's a whole lot of pieces they're going to bring in that are going to really you know raise them up that much. Yeah, they've they've those two need to be all NBA level just because of everything they've got to overcome to get in the West, and then they need Beasley to be really really good as the third guy in you know the, the couple of the other younger guys to step forward that's the only way it's going to work you know they've got other pieces i like i like nas reed i think he was a good find for them i thought he played pretty well while towns was out i like jake layman as a bench you know uh shooting big mm-hmm. um i think uh you know amari spellman could maybe be something for them jordan mclaughlin who was one of their two-way players really played well um there was a lot of a lot of people thought they were going to convert him before the end of the transaction window to make sure they had him locked up into next year so you know i think he's a guy who has a chance to really be uh, uh russell's backup at the point guard position next year they're gonna have a pretty good draft pick so maybe they can you know make something happen there um but yeah it, it really is um you know as you start to go through it with these guys it starts to look a little like you know what well, yeah how, how do you make this happen right. Now, we talked about Brooklyn at the beginning of the show when we talked about if the Nets miss miss the playoffs. Well, if the Nets make the playoffs, Minnesota gets their pick. So that's another bite at the apple this year. And then I believe I'm just just double checking it. Um, you know, then their pick, though, needs to fall one to three. The next year it goes to the Warriors as part of that Russell yeah. Wiggins trade. And that's tough. You know, so that that's where it starts to get. You know, yeah, you know, now you're starting to run out of team building tools because I think with Town and Towns and Wiggins or Townsend Russell, rather, you're never going to be so bad that you're going to fall into the bottom three right. unless, you know, there's injuries or something because you might be bad, but some, some team always bottoms out due to an injury, you know, play season or whatever. So I, I think, you know, they're probably going to owe a pick to, to Golden State, you know, the year after, you know, in the 2021 draft, and that's going to be tough to, to get around. So, yeah, I, I just – I don't know, man. It gets gets tough to see you know Minnesota ever being much more than a okay bad team in the West. Yeah, that that's just it, right? Like if if there is a path forward for them, it's hitting on a draft pick, right? But you already mentioned like they could lose yeah. their pick to the to the Warriors in a year. I mean, that's they've got to knock their picks out of the park in the draft. I think that's unless they something falls in their lap in free agency, which I don't necessarily ha- see happening. They don't have a ton of room to go play with. Um, they've they've got to nail their draft picks, and that's and you know what? Look, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you find a gem in the draft. I mean, look, Giannis Antetokounmpo was a 15th overall pick. Sometimes that sometimes yeah. you can find somebody, but it's rare. Um, I think that's that's the the shot that they've got here. Otherwise, you know, they are dangerously close. I feel like to being a a treadmill team, which is a dreaded thing to be in the NBA. 
Yeah, and I think it's a it's a bad treadmill team. Yeah, it's that's not just even a, not even a hey playoff. you're you're getting playoff revenue every year treadmill yeah, team because you're the eight or seven yeah. seed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no. The only other thing I will say, their other option is if they forego you know re-signing Beasley and Hernan Gomez, um, you could essentially go into next year, uh, the twenty twenty one off season with Towns and Russell as the only significant money on your books. Everything else is pretty low. Maybe. But but I don't think that's the plan. I think their plan is Beasley was too good right. to just let him go because otherwise, then once again you've made a trade and you don't really have anything to show for it. And in that trade, they didn't give up much. You know that was the Covington deal. Um, you know and Covington's a good player, but he wasn't going to do much for them. So for them to get Beasley and Hernan Gomez, two potential starters, you know if at the very least, you know good rotation players out of it. That's you know that's a win in my book. So yeah, I it's just yeah it's you know they're. Gerson Rosas is going to have to really work some magic to, to make things happen on there. So, and I, and I think our puppy's telling, <laughs> telling me it's time for us to wrap up. She, she wants in it's a, uh, it's dinner time. So well, I'll tell you, you what, know, Keith, uh, I think our, I, I'm thinking I've got NBA news blowing up on my phone here, but it's our fantasy football league. Right? Oh, then, okay. That's why you keep looking down been, and I'm like, all right, I'm not getting notifications. Yeah, like, so it's gotta, like, we're getting all of these <laughs> messages. I'm thinking that, okay, something happened in the NBA. No, it's, uh, it's our fantasy football draft. That's blown. So I've got fantasy football stuff going off here. You've got a puppy here, a puppy over there. I think that means that it's time to wrap things up. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, as Trevor said, everybody listening, you know, five-star ratings and reviews. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend. If you don't like the show, please tell us what you don't like. Let us know. And we'll, you know, do our best to, to fix it. You can find me on Twitter everywhere at Keith Smith NBA. And of course you can find me at Trevor underscore lane on Twitter and at Trevor lane NBA on Instagram guys. Thank you everybody for, for watching again. Don't forget about that, that rating. And if you're, if you're just listening, then thank you for listening. Uh, Keith, anything before we get out of here? Hit that subscribe button That's on YouTube. Right. I forgot that part. So do there that. it is. Do that as well. Uh, you know, and uh, check out uh, all the great content over at Lakers Nation as well. And you know, we're we're here, man. Restart underway. Let's do it. You know, a couple a uh, couple days away from really happening. Bring me basketball. Let's go. All right, guys. Hope everybody yeah. has a great one. Stay safe out there. See ya. <laughs>